couple weeks ago, I don't know, it's been a month and a half or so, I guess, we started on Abraham, and we are now into Jacob. In fact, the latter half of Jacob's life. The last time we were together, I said, uh, we, we talked about Jacob and Laban, and Jacob was on his way to reunite with his brother Esau. So tonight, we're going to get into Jacob and Esau. But we're not just going to do the re, uh, reunion. We're going to go back. We're going to go back and look at the entire relationship from the beginning of Esau and Jacob. So Genesis 25:21. We're going to do a quick recap, and then we're going to get into their reunion. And Isaac entreated the Lord for his wife because she was barren. And the Lord was entreated of him. Isaac prayed, God heard him, and Rebekah, his wife, conceived. And the children struggled together within her. And she said, If it be so, why am I thus? And she went to inquire of the Lord. And the Lord said unto her, Two nations are in thy womb. Two manner of people shall be separated from thy bowels. And the one people shall be stronger than the other people. And the elder shall serve the younger. And when her days to be delivered were fulfilled, behold, there were twins in her womb. And the first came out red all over like a hairy garment. And they called his name Esau. And after that came his brother out, and his hand took on Esau's heel, and his name was called Jacob. And Isaac was threescore years old when she bare them. Isaac was 60 years old when the twins were born, Esau and Jacob. An age-old struggle between brothers. One was dearly loved by his father, and the other was dearly loved by his mother. Esau and Jacob struggled from the womb. In fact, they struggled so much in the womb that their mother thought something was wrong with her. She couldn't figure out why she was having such pain and travail. She thought something was wrong with her because of their struggles. In fact, as Esau was born, Jacob was latching onto his heel to come out with him. They were ever playing the one-upsmanship game between the two of them. So God told Rebekah that the younger shall serve the older. Excuse me, the older shall serve the younger. A fact, that's, a, that's an absolute fact, because God said the older will serve the younger. It's not a prophecy. It's not a wish. This was a fact from God to Rebekah that Jacob, Jacob was to be greater than Esau. Now I bring that up for this reason. Many times when you read this, people will say, well, God, there was a prophecy that the, uh, Esau would serve Jacob. This is not a prophecy. God said it. Therefore, it was a fact. When statements are made about the future, we do call them prophecies when they come from a man. But when they come from God, they're a fact. In fact, God is saying to Rebekah, Jacob will be greater than Esau. That led to some of the problems we have with her trying to make sure that that's what happened. So Esau came out hairy all over as if he was wearing a garment. He came out of the womb that hairy. Now, I've never heard of that. Never seen it myself. Hope I never do. 
So there's their birth. They're struggling even in the womb. They're struggling when they're born. They're, 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 they're loved by different parents, pets, by different parents. So when the boys grew, and Esau was a cunning hunter, a man of the field, and Jacob was a plain man, not plain. He was living in the plains, dwelling in tents. Esau dwelt in the woods and the forest, and Jacob dwelt in the tents. Isaac loved Esau because he did eat of his venison, but Rebekah loved Jacob. Isaac loved Esau because Esau cooked his favorite meal, hunted down the deer, cooked his favorite meal. Rebekah loved Jacob because they spent more time together because he lived in the tents. He was more of a mama's boy. But no parent has a favorite, right? Don't children all appear equal in our eyes? Don't ask my daughter. And Jacob sawed pottage. And Esau came from the field, and he was faint. And Esau said to Jacob, Feed me, I pray thee, with that same red pottage, for I am faint. Therefore was his name called Edom. And Jacob said, Sell me this day thy birthright. And Esau said, Behold, I am at the point to die. What profit shall this birthright do to me? And Jacob said, Swear to me this day. And he swore unto him, and he sold his birthright unto Jacob. Then Jacob gave Esau bread and pottage of the lentils, and he did eat and drink and rose up and went his way. Thus Esau despised his birthright. Now, what I'm going to say is what I have heard. This is not, this is speculation. The next little bit is speculation from some of the scholars who went before me. According to what I have read, Abraham died on this very day that this exchange happens between Esau and Jacob. If that is the case, Jacob and Esau are 15 years old here. Now, the reason they make this case is that pottage or lentils, the way it says that Jacob was making it, was the meal they made to mourn. So they would be mourning the death of their grandfather. This also ties into the birthright. Because if this is the day that Abraham died, then Jacob is very well aware of the wealth his father just inherited. The wealth that they will inherit one day. The sons of Isaac are now very rich men, and they stand to become richer. Esau, as the older, would get the bulk of it. But Jacob sees a way to increase his wealth. This is speculation on my part, because if this is the day Abraham died, Esau was faint from the hunt. Meaning, if he had been out on a hunt and he's this hungry, he's been out there for a while, he may not have known that his grandfather had died. He may not know that the vast wealth that's coming down is now going to be in his father's possession soon as the oldest brother to be in his possession. Jacob, being aware of all this, seeing his, his brother come in from the hunt, takes advantage of that. And he makes some bowls and some soup, and he makes a deal. He says, no, no, you sell me that, and I will give you this. And Esau sees a very tangible bowl, something he could eat, something to sustain him right in front of him. Esau sees that, 
takes it and Esau eats that stew, what good's an intangible birthright if he dies from hunger that very day? Esau may not quite yet understand the significance of the day, but he does understand the significance of food in his belly. And he sold his birthright very cheaply. But that stuff I read, and I, I, I believe that, that that's entirely plausible, and it gives it a whole new outlook when you think about what has happened. So Jacob now has the birthright. Esau doesn't get the biggest portion of his father's goods. He will get the smaller portion. Jacob will get the double portion of his father's goods. But now, Jacob is going after the other blessing, the Abrahamic covenant blessing that's going to bestow, be bestowed on the oldest son. Genesis 27, 27. And he came near and kissed him, and he smelled the smell of his raiment and blessed him and said, See, the smell of my son is as the smell of a field which the Lord hath blessed. Therefore God give thee of the dew of heaven and the fatness of the earth and plenty of corn and wine. Let people serve thee and nations bow down to thee. Be Lord over thy brethren and let thy mother's sons bow down to thee. Cursed be everyone that curseth thee and blessed be he that blesseth thee. And it came to pass as soon as Isaac had made an end of blessing Jacob, and Jacob was yet scarce gone out from the presence of Isaac his father, that Esau his brother came in from his hunting. Jacob has a birthright. Jacob now has the Abrahamic covenant blessing. He now has the father's blessing. He has everything that belonged to Esau. Now, a lot of it was partially due to Esau selling his birthright. Some of it was due to Rebecca telling Jacob to do this because she knows that Jacob's the one supposed to be the power, more powerful. He's supposed to get the blessing. And again, she didn't wait on God like Sarah did not wait on God, and it caused all kinds of trouble. So we went through all this, the blessing of the birthright, the, the Abrahamic covenant blessing. We went through all this just now to refresh the feeling, to renew the stress, to remind us of why Jacob is apprehensive when he's going to meet his brother. Because Jacob has everything from his father, both material and spiritual blessing, even though Esau, as the oldest brother, was supposed to get it all. And because of that, this next verse, 20, Genesis 27, 41, And Esau hated Jacob because of the blessing wherewith his father blessed him. And Esau said in his heart, The days of mourning for my father are at hand. Then will I slay my brother Jacob. Esau hates Jacob. That day, Jacob ran because his mother told him to run because Esau wanted him dead. Jacob lives in a tent. Esau makes a living with his hands. Esau kills things for a living. living. Jacob ran for his dear life. He has now been gone for 20 years. And now Jacob is going to return to his family. And boy, is he apprehensive. He did not leave on the best of terms. Jacob is returning home. And he sends out messengers. And those messengers, they returned to him with this from Genesis 32, 6. And the messengers returned to Jacob saying, We came to thy brother Esau. And also... He cometh to meet thee 
and four hundred men with him. Jacob left on very bad terms. And now he's coming, and Esau's coming to greet him with four hundred men. Then Jacob was greatly afraid and distressed, and he divided the people that was with him and the flocks and the herds and the camels into two bands. Jacob is afraid. Esau is coming with 400 men, so it seems the concern is well-founded. Genesis 33.1 Jacob lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, Esau came, and with him 400 men. And he divided the children unto Leah, and unto Rachel, and unto the two handmaids. And he put the handmaids and their children foremost, Leah and her children after, Rachel and Joseph hindmost. And he passed over before them, bowed himself to the ground seven times until he came near to his brother. And Esau ran to meet him, and embraced him, and fell on his neck, and kissed him. And they wept. Esau runs to meet his brother. Esau brings 400 men to meet his brother. Maybe they're not 400 men the way Jacob thought they were. Maybe they were 400 men to help. I don't know. Jacob is ever the distressful one, though. And he lifted up his eyes, Esau, and he lifted up his eyes and saw the women and the children and said, Who are these with thee? And he said, The children which God hath graciously given thy servant. Then the handmaidens came near, they and their children, and they bowed themselves. Leah with her children came near and bowed themselves. And after came Joseph near and Rachel, and they bowed themselves. And he says, What meanest by all this drove which I met, all the animals that he met on the way? And he said, These are to find grace in the sight of my Lord. Joseph had sent flocks on to try and make a gift to Esau. I, I, I skipped over that for time's sake, but Esau, Jacob had sent several flocks to Esau on the way to, to try and and soften his brother's anger. And Esau said, because Esau has Isaac's stuff, Esau has Abraham's stuff, Esau said, I have enough, brother. Keep that that thou hast unto thyself. And Jacob said, Nay, I pray thee, if now I have found grace in thy sight, then receive my present at my hand. For therefore I have seen thy face, as though I had seen the face of God, and thou wast pleased with me. His brother smiled at him, and it made a difference in Jacob. Or he's just talking flatteringly. We'll see. Take, I pray thee, my blessing that is brought to thee, because God hath dealt graciously, graciously with me, and because I have enough. And he urged him, and he, Esau, took it. Interesting. Esau was as blessed as Jacob. God had promised Rebekah that the two in her womb would both be great nations. And both of them are well on their way to that point here. Now, they start fighting again over who's going to be the bigger man. Who's going to be the bigger blessing to the other. Jacob wants Esau to take the gifts. Esau, for his part, is very blessed as well, and he tries to refuse, saying, no, brother, keep your own. <laughs> Brothers, right? I mean, they're, they, they, they fight and struggle when young. Now they're trying to be the bigger blessing to each other. 
They hated each other when they were young. They tried to outdo each other. Now they're trying to be the bigger man and to outdo the other and being the bigger, more gracious man. I'm seriously. And Esau said, he said, let us take our journey and let us go and I will go before thee. Jacob said, and he said unto him, my Lord knoweth that the children are tender, young, and the flocks and herds, they're young, are with me. And if men should overdrive them one day, the flock will, all the flock will die. Let my Lord, I pray thee, pass over before his servant, and I will lead on softly, according as the cattle that goeth before me, and the children be able to endure until I come to my Lord unto Seir. And Esau said, Let me now leave with thee some of the folk that are with me. And he said, What needeth it? Let me find grace in the sight of my Lord. So Esau returned that day on his way unto Seir. Jacob, don't trust him. Esau and Jacob had a gap, a wall between them. Age-old hurts and mistrust, and it stayed a wedge forever. One could not trust the other, but it was his own fault. Esau had a reason to begrudge Jacob, yet he is, on the face of it, being gracious. Jacob had the upper hand all their lives when they were younger, but he cannot bring it to trust his brother. It is a very sad relationship. But in Jacob's defense, Esau had promised to kill Jacob after his father had died. Jacob's not letting that go. It was the last thing he remembered. Those 20 years apart, he didn't see Esau grow. Those 20 years apart, Esau didn't see him grow. Those 20 years, all they know of each other is what they last remembered. And they picked up right where they left off. Jacob journeyed to Succoth. Remember, he promised Esau he would meet him in Seir. Yet, Jacob journeyed to Succoth and built him a house and made booths for his cattle. And therefore, the name of the place is called Succoth. Jacob came to Shalem, a city of Shechem, which is in the land of Canaan. When he came from Padanaram and pitched his tent before the city, he bought a parcel of a field where he spread his tent at the hand of the children of Hamor, Shechem's father for a hundred pieces of money. And he erected there an altar and called it Elelehohi Israel. And I probably messed that word up. But. Jacob says, I will come to you at Seir. But he didn't. He went to Succoth. Doesn't trust his brother. Now I know this was really long looking at this relationship between brothers, but I think it's really needful, especially today where we have so many people getting hurts for no reason, getting offended by brothers and sisters and not seeing each other for years and years. It's a tale of siblings and it is a sad tale. The mistrust, the strife, the backbiting, it haunted them for years. It came between them and never went away. The youthful missteps really did affect them forever. And I mean youthful. They were young and in their father's house. They didn't know what the real world was like. When we are young, we say, and say, we say and do stupid things. We've got to let go of them. As we get older, we must learn to get over the days of young and stupid. We were all there at one time or another. I don't care if you say you were or not. You were. I'll guarantee it. <laughs> Jacob and Esau, two brothers who really did not know each other. They didn't. One lived in the woods. One lived in tents. 
One loved by the father, one loved by the mother. Separated by for 20 years, didn't know each other. But for people who didn't really know each other, they were always at odds. Even when they were trying to do good, they were at odds. What could have been, we will never know. We only know what was. And what was, was a very sad and tragic tale because they couldn't let the past get away from them.